calls for closer relations with Taiwan are now on the legislative agendas in both the U.S. and EU. Following a U.S. Congressional Committee's passage of the Eagle Act, which includes pro-Taiwan bills, the European Parliament is deliberating now the formation of closer EU-Taiwan political relations and cooperation. At the upcoming Committee on Foreign Affairs meeting in Brussels, Parliament members will debate on issues such as the renaming of the EU's representative office in Taiwan. This is the first draft report in the European Parliament that highlights the EU-Taiwan relations. And portions of the Taiwan Diplomatic Review Act, which should lead to the renaming of Taiwan's de facto embassy here. Back in July 2021, the U.S. House Foreign Affairs Committee passed the EGO Act, which includes sections seeking negotiations on renaming the Taiwan Representative Office in the U.S. The Taipei Economic and Cultural Representative Office has gotten the green light to become the Taiwan Representative Office in the United States. Other countries seem to have followed suit in supporting Taiwan. The past year has seen many instances where China's interactions with other free democracies had been tense, and we have now reached a tipping point. Even though China is a big country and nations worldwide do wish to maintain peaceful relations with it, if China's violation on human rights and interference with other countries' relations with Taiwan prove to be oppressive, then even Europe will not be tolerant. China has met increased backlash from the international community in recent years. The Czech Republic and Lithuania were among the first EU member states to support Taiwan. Now the European Parliament's Committee on Foreign Affairs will hold discussions on EU-Taiwan relations and cooperation on September 1st. The recommendations rapporteur, MEP Charlie Weimers from Sweden, proposed in the document to change the name of the European Economic and Trade Office to European Union Office in Taipei. It also urges EU member states to work closely with Taiwan to upgrade EU-Taiwan relations. Moreover, it urges China to desist from any destabilizing activities against Taiwan. And finally, it strongly advocates for Taiwan's full participation as an observer in international organizations. This is the EU legislative body's first report to elaborate on EU-Taiwan relations. The draft report is more of a symbolic gesture as it is not legally binding. So if it's passed only by the European Parliament, the new act will serve more as a recommendation for other countries and the EU member states. What we need to watch for is the response of more powerful member states, such as Germany. We know that German elections are coming up in September, so we should see whether the new German government will implement the new act. According to Professor Shen, as major countries begin to stand behind Taiwan, others will follow suit. This also points to the international community's increasing backlash against Chinese oppression. After two days of no new local cases of COVID, Taiwan is back to double digits Sunday with 13 local infections. Two are from Taipei and 11 are from New Taipei. Of the 11, nine belong to one family and the youngest of them is just two years old. Let's hear from the head of the CECC. Taipei is the 11th, and the 11th is the 11th. 
Of the 11 cases in New Taipei City, one is a staff member of Mega City and nine are part of the same household. This family cluster makes up the most cases today. Including a previously confirmed case, there are now a total of 10 cases all living under the same roof. Because of the crowded living condition, the whole family has been infected. Only one child is not infected, all the others have it. They range from 2 years old to 40 and 50 years old. There were also 10 imported cases Sunday. Four of them had been vaccinated twice and were thus confirmed as breakthrough infections. The four patients were vaccinated with China's Sinovac vaccine, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, India's Covaxin vaccine, and the first ever reported Zhifei vaccine from China. Well, school is starting this week. Now that the local outbreak of COVID has finally subsided, lots of families seized the last weekend of summer vacation to have a good time. Many tourist spots saw a resurgence of visitors over the weekend. At the Taipei Children's Museum Park, the cap of 2,400 people was reached in no time. Many parents said that after having been cooped up for more than three months, they had to seize the last chance to play with their kids before the fall semester begins. Free falling down the drop tower, both the young and old could not contain their screams. Despite the scorching sun, everyone was in high spirits. The Taipei Children's Amusement Park was a happy place in the capital. We were locked up for too long. Now we can finally get some recreation time. School is starting next week, so we're taking the opportunity to take the kids out. We went to the zoo last week because we made an appointment. I think the crowd control was done very well. There weren't that many people. Meanwhile, a long line has formed outside a popular calamari rice noodle shop at Tainan's Guohua Street. People were yearning for the tasty soup. Similarly, at this popular spring roll shop, hungry visitors descended on the old store. The owner could hardly keep up with demand. Business has picked up over the last two days with 10 to 20 percent increase compared with before, but it hasn't fully returned to the way it was. Business is gradually coming back. And in Kaohsiung, the popular ice shop at Gushan Ferry Pier saw a throng of visitors even before noon. Lots of families turned up for the ferry heading for Qijing. With the fair weather and the containment of the local COVID outbreak, people who had been locked up for more than three months seized the last weekend before school to make the summer memorable too. Taiwan's Olympic gold medalist badminton duo Wang Qiling and Li Yang flew out to Jingmen, where Li is originally from, and began a whirlwind tour Sunday. Jingmen County Commissioner Yang Zhenhu handed Li a check in the amount of 2.35 million NT as an award for the native son. Li said a part of the prize money would be put toward fostering local athletic talent in his hometown. 
In addition to the prize money, another 2.4 million NT as training subsidies will be given to Lee over the next four years. The locals have the only gave the Olympians a hero's welcome as the pair rode on the back of a jeep and tore the streets. They also visited a local school where they met with young badminton players to share their experience. Mid-Autumn Festival is coming up soon. Apart from the classic mooncake, there will be lots of other goodies available to celebrate the season. In Ilan, the Suao Fishermen's Association is launching a mid-autumn seafood gift box. It features eight different marine delicacies, including the mahi-mahi or dolphin fish. Belt fish are rolled into flowers and sizzle in the pan. Eat them while they're hot. Next up, white shrimp are fried pink. Scallops bigger than coins are sautéed until golden. And saw-tipped squid go into the pan as well. With a little salt and pepper, they're a delicious side dish. Then it's time for the meat and fish course. Firm but chewy, these sausages are dotted with fish roe, a surprise with every bite. Did you hear that? Pop, pop, pop. And it's very juicy. Delicious. This is Elan's freshest catch. The mid-autumn gift boxes from Suao contain eight types of seafood, such as Japanese jack mackerel, squid, scallops, shrimps, and fish roe sausage. Knee on the menu this year are the mahi-mahi steaks and the beltfish flowers, but there's a limited release of just 1,500 boxes. There are no bones. We cut the whole fish down the middle and already deboned it. It's also suitable for children to eat. Because of the pandemic, transport costs have risen lately. We've introduced our mahi-mahi steaks, especially to keep our mahi-mahi prices stable. Export costs are high due to COVID and domestic restaurants are in crisis. The whole market is in disarray. For these fishermen, directly selling their own boxes is a good solution and a way to recoup some losses over the mid-autumn period. The Czech Republic's donation of 30,000 doses of the Moderna vaccine arrived at the Taoyuan International Airport Sunday evening. This latest batch will be rolled out according to the current vaccination schedule instead of being allocated to a new group of recipients. President Tsai Ing-wen thanked the Czech Republic for the vaccines and hoped that Taiwan and the Central European country can continue to work together to fight the pandemic. As of August 29th, more than 42 percent of the population has received at least one shot. The CECC hopes to push that figure to 60 percent in October. In order to reach the target, the government will arrange it so that people who have received their first jab may have to wait more than 12 weeks to get the second one. Go to any park in Taipei and you'll likely find someone tossing bread to pigeons or squirrels. It may seem like a fun way to help animals survive in nature, but experts warn that human handouts lead to serious problems. Feeding drives overpopulation, which can throw the ecosystem off balance. Feeding can also make some animals more vulnerable to poaching. Tonight in our Sunday special report, we take a closer look at wildlife feeding and how it can bring about more harm than good.
，对的，对的，对的，对的，是啊，里面就烂掉了，所以这个以后树会中空，它会继续长，但是它长得不好，上面也有一些大大小小的伤。We followed National Taiwan University professor Yang Pingshi into Taipei's oasis of calm, the 26-hectare Da'an Forest Park. The park opened in 1994. 27 years later, the park has found itself facing an unprecedented threat. The trunks of golden shower trees are covered in scars, and their crowns are thin and sparse. The bald cypresses nearby have also seen better days. We're shown a chinaberry tree that's oozing resin from where the bark was chipped off. And these are the culprits behind it all, squirrels. The squirrels at Da'an Forest Park are the fattest squirrels in Taiwan. There are 547 of them across just 26 hectares. Having just 100 or 200 of them across 26 hectares would already be a lot. As rodents, squirrels have to gnaw on things to wear down their teeth. But there are just too many squirrels in Da'an Forest Park, 2.5 times the population the park can handle. We leave the park and head to the outskirts of Taipei, where we find the same problem of animal overpopulation. Yang Minshan National Park Ranger Huang Hanlin shows us to areas overrun with monkeys. Over the past two to three years, macaques have made themselves at home in car parks, gazebos and roadsides. They navigate around cars and scooters apparently with no fear. Wild animals didn't used to be such a big part of Taipei's parks, either in Da'an or on Yangmingshan. But in recent years, despite the increasing presence of humans, wild animal populations have exploded. How did this come about? Watching monkeys and feeding them have become a popular activity among day-trippers at Yangmingshan. You can often see banana peels and corn on the side of the road. Over here, there's a lot of scraps in one spot. It could be that someone chucked a bunch of bananas over and the monkeys split them among themselves. People often feed squirrels and bamboo partridges, which tend to spread out and about. But for macaques, the situation is more severe, as they congregate near roads. Feeding has caused macaque numbers to surge, sending their habitats swelling into human settlements and roads. Back at Da'an Forest Park, squirrel and pigeon numbers are also skyrocketing due to routine feeding. For humans, it can be hard not to want to offer them a snack. Humans are part of nature, so we really like being immersed in the great outdoors. It's an inherent desire. When you feed animals, you might find it very relaxing, and you feel like you're helping these wild animals. According to New Zealand environmentalist Mark Orams, interacting with animals makes people feel closer to nature. In one of his studies, Orams found that engaging with wildlife lifted people's spirits and improved their mood and sense of self-worth. At this tourist farm, feeding time is a big hit with kids and the young at heart. Through carers' instructions, the animals are given feed based on their needs, while visitors get a lesson in animal nutrition. 
It's very different from feeding animals in the wild, a practice that can wreak havoc on ecosystems. Some people bring their leftovers, like bones, to give to animals. Some bring leftover noodles or whatever and spill it all on the ground. At parks across Taiwan's cities, it's now common to see people giving animals food, with no regard to the dietary needs. People most often feed pigeons. They think it's fun to throw some feed on the ground to attract pigeons. Feeding wildlife is especially common in large urban parks, such as Rongxing Garden and Dan Forest Park. A population explosion of one species inevitably has a knock-on effect on others in the ecosystem. For example, a big squirrel population doesn't just spoil the bark of trees, it can also pose a threat to local birds. That cavity is a Taiwan barbed nest. They are raising a chick. Farther down, there is a bigger hole with marks that were very likely made by a squirrel. Maybe the squirrel was bored or it was scavenging for food. A chick inside that nest can easily be pulled out by a squirrel. At night, leftover scraps intended for squirrels and birds become a feast for rats. The scraps are not just unsightly, they can also be a public health hazard. Squat down at the park and you'll immediately be surrounded by pigeons. Being in such close quarters with wild animals comes with health risks. Bird flu can spread like this. People could also pick up infectious diseases from squirrels and other animals. Orthohantavirus, Toxoplasma gondii, and B virus can all be transmitted to humans from squirrels, birds, and macaques. As you're approaching the animal and trying to feed it, you could get bitten, and that wouldn't be good. While macaques can pose an even more direct threat to humans. At Yangmingshan, you can see groups of monkeys waiting for humans to bring food. Experts say it's a disaster waiting to happen. When monkeys lose their fear of humans, people can more easily hurt them or capture them. Bad things can happen. And when macaques see humans as a food source, they become aggressive and start attacking people to steal their food. At Kaohsiung Shoshan, macaques are known to break into people's homes to steal food. Feeding can impair the animal's foraging abilities and can even disrupt the natural balance of the wider ecosystem. For example, it can affect the reproduction of bishopwood trees. Normally, macaques eat the fruit of these trees and then disperse the seeds and their feces. But when macaques stop eating the fruit, fewer new saplings can grow, preventing the forest from regenerating itself. Both for animals and for the humans involved, feeding wildlife can be a lose-lose situation. What can the law do about it? According to one Taipei city ordinance, feeders can be punished for littering, but issuing fines is tricky business. Firstly, we might not know who the offender is. If we need to obtain personal information, we need to get law enforcement involved. According to the Waste Disposal Act, fines can only be issued if they drop stuff on the ground and leave without cleaning up after themselves. Oh, 
Until recently, park volunteers and security guards could only go on patrol, asking people to stop feeding the wildlife. It was very difficult to issue a fine to truly hold feeders accountable. But on June 1st, 2021, Taipei enacted an ordinance that explicitly prohibits the act of wildlife feeding, making it easier to issue fines of up to 6,000 NT. Over at Yangmingshan National Park, feeding animals is also prohibited by the national park law. Violators can be fined 3,000 NT. Park rangers also make it their mission to teach macaques to stay away from people. We now join rangers and volunteers on patrol at Yangmingshan National Park. They are armed with paintball guns to scare monkeys away from roads. Rangers say they need to keep changing the strategy as the monkeys can learn to recognize them. If you show the gun, they take flight and run away. They're much faster than us. They can tell us apart and recognize our uniforms. So we have vests in four or five different colors to switch them around. They can also recognize the noise cars and scooters make. To prevent traffic accidents involving the macaques, the squad members have to show up in different outfits and vehicles. They open fire to scare off the macaques so that they learn to stay away from roads and humans. Wild animals belong in nature. They live in their habitats and have their own ways of living. We shouldn't approach them, disturb them or feed them. Watching them from a distance is more than enough. Not intervening in their lives is the right approach to have when dealing with wildlife. For humans, it's only natural to want to care for other living beings, but keeping a respectful distance can be in the best interests of both people and the wildlife they feed.